Starting off this particular hour, we chat to Robin Adams, a young man that followed his dreams, his passions, and the road it led him on. Well, some of us are afraid to follow our dreams. Some of us only dream about following our dreams. But joining me on the line now, Robin Adams, uh, to tell us his story. Robin, welcome to the weekend early breakfast. How are you doing? Mark, so good to be on your show, man. Thank you for having me. I know it's great. I'm glad you took time out to chat to us. My my producer, Tad, and actually found the story. He's always on Twitter. Um, and I thought it was quite amazing. He thought it was quite, quite amazing. He showed it to me. And you wrote this whole Twitter feed about how you uh went from living your dreams to living a completely different dream and i found that i found it miraculous let's just let's just start there um for our listeners from a young age what was it we all want to be things i wanted to be a meteorologist what did you want to be i wanted to be a bus driver ever since i was three years old there was actually nothing else that i could think of in terms of a career line that i wanted to do and i was fascinated with buses (laughs) from a very early age and it's something that never went away. Mm. I mean, I was on primary school. I was on high school. My friends and family, they used to tease me. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? I said, a bus driver. Like, ah, can't, can't. Everybody else is dreaming about being a doctor, an architect. Um, I just wanted to be a bus driver for city tramways at the time and like the Golden Arrow. And what was it, what was it about being a bus driver or standing on, this, on, the, on the road waiting for buses that made you so excited about them? I don't know, man. I think it was the roaring past of these very big diesel machines, the smell of those very old buses. Um, I, I really can't explain it. Um, I, I often tell things that I think it was because the diesel flowing through my veins. Mm. <laughs> um, really, I saw the buses coming past, and I was just fascinated by them because they could be full of people, and you don't know where they're going to end up and what these people's life stories are. Ah, and all, it was also it that. Is getting, it is getting on, yeah, it's getting onto a bus. And... Uh, People are going on this bus for different reasons, some for work, some to visit family, some to go shopping. Um, maybe that was part of the fascination. I really can't explain it, to be honest. I used to, I used to be fascinated by old locomotives, old trains, the, the engines and the way the engines worked. And I used to love it when uh, we'd go to museums on, on school outings, uh, uh, like to the Simonstown Museum or to other museums, and we'd see these yeah. big engines like these engines made up of all these cogs and pieces, and I used to just like stand there and stare and wonder, wonder like how do these things? And even to this to this day, there's a show on TV called Mega Factory when they show you making these. Yeah, I've watched that. Big, I love it. Big machinery. It's just there's just something about it. It's like how is it possible that people have figured out these little things? And but yeah, so so you you always wanted to be a you always wanted to be a bus uh, a bus driver. Uh, then growing up, you finished school, and then you had the chance yeah. to. Then you finally now you can choose a career path, but you didn't go immediately to become a bus driver. What did you do? No, you see, I was in high school, and again, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. all I wanted to be was a bus driver. But you can only be a bus driver of the Golden Arrow Bus Services in Cape Town when you turn 21, which is the legal age at which you're able to get a professional ah. driver's permit. I finished matric, I was 18, so I had three years to kill. And my mom said to me, in no uncertain terms are you sitting at home. You're not going to lay on my neck, and I don't want you to go work in a factory. Mm. Go study something. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, study, uh, to be honest, because my marks in the trick at the end to see in the secondary, they weren't very flattering. Let's put it that way. So I was good in English. I was good in Afrikaans, and I was very good in accounting. And I always thought I'd follow in my father's footsteps and become a chartered accountant. Uh, I don't know that the suit and tie look 
would have worked for me chained to a desk every day. But <laughs> that's where we were. And I thought, what am I going to do with English? What am I going to do with Afrikaans? I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to stand in front of a chalkboard and have unruly kids look at me and I'm trying to get their attention at any given day. And so I thought, oh, what am I going to Journalism. I just filled in the form, never gave it a second thought, got into Benigila Technicon in 1998, started my journalism course of three years, one year of which I worked with independent newspapers as a photographer and reporter, mm. and that was great. I knew that this is actually what I want to do, but this was just a, a stopgap. This was just me killing time to get to 21, and when I finished my journalism studies at Pentec, I phoned Golden Arrow, I said, I want to come and join you. Um, I remember that the, um, the spokeswoman at the time, the spokesperson was uh, Jean Welsh, and she said, why in this kind of climate? And this was the time Buses were getting stoned regularly. Mm. He said, why would anyone want to become a bus driver? I said, because that's been my dream since I was three. It's 18 years later, I want to do this now. I've just turned 21. I'm of legal age. I want to come and join you. And I did. And I did it for three years. And I promise you, I've, I've, I've worked in TV. I worked in radio. I've traveled the world. But the bus driver job in Cape Town, a golden arrow, was the best job I've ever had. I find that I find that so interesting because, firstly, not many people, and you know this, not many people follow their passions. You know, regardless of what they are, people's passions are are, are usually uh, they, they, we we hurdle ourselves or we create obstacles for ourselves. You know, it's too much work, or we yeah. just you know or we have to take care of something. But the fact that you went and studied, got a qualification, a pretty good one, got pretty good experience as well, had the opportunity to do. To, to go and, and, and do something, but you had a passion that was your first choice and you went back. And, you know, some may say a little bit less illustrious than the career that you studied for, but not to you because there is great pride in being a bus driver. And I'm sure for bus drivers Absolutely. around the country, there's great pride in it as well. Yeah. And, and also because it was a dream that was 18 mm. years in the making and it was something that never left me. Mm. Like it wasn't something that you grow up and think, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then I feel like, nah, maybe that's not for me. This was always for me. This was always my destiny. And it's something I always wanted to do. And mind you, we're speaking now. Um, in June 2019, mm. I officially became a bus driver after six months of training in June 2001. So almost 18 years to the day, I donned that uniform. And it was the start of like a three-year-long, just incredible journey. I've met the most amazing people. I'm still friends with most of the bus drivers who are still there, by the way, 18 years later, uh, to this day. So we always make a plan to catch up of a coffee or something at the Golden Acre Terminus in Cape Town. And I love it. I love that so many of my passengers are still my friends on Facebook and on Twitter and we stay in touch. And, I mean, years after I left in 2003, they said, um, don't you want to come back and drive the 7 o'clock bus for us again, man? Because the new driver, he's always late. We don't even get time to drink our coffee now. We've got to take earlier buses. But you always got us there on time. It's those kind of things that just make you realize just what a powerful role you've played in people's days. And no, you could have the same shift every day. Mm. But Mark, I promise you, there is no day that's the same. Every single day is different. Every single day is a new adventure. I absolutely loved it for the three years that it was. 
For our listeners that have just tuned in, this is the Weekend Early Breakfast on Cape Talk. Uh, I'm Mark Johnson, and I'm in conversation with Robin Adams, Golden Arrow bus driver turned globe-starting journalist. Uh, he became a bus driver at the age of 21 after finishing a three-year degree uh, in journalism, and after having a, a taste of the journalism life, he went still on went still went on to become a bus driver to follow his passion for three years, and then. Uh, return to journalism a bit later. We'll get into that in a second. But if you have any questions for Robin, maybe you know him from back in the day. Uh, maybe you used to take his route and he used to drive you around town to work, like he said, maybe to visit family members. Feel free to call into studio on 021-446-0567. You can also send you SMSs to 31567. Normal SMS rates do apply. And of course, on WhatsApp, we are 072-567-1567 for your WhatsApp texts. And voice notes. Now you go, you go on to, uh, to describe a couple of things in, uh, in this Twitter feed. You know, the, 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 the friends you made, the experiences. In your, in your, in your, in your mind, what was your favorite part? Uh, you said you enjoyed like the same route, but from a young age, you said you could identify the sound of the engine, which, which, which diesel engine it was, what size it was. You say, yeah, I knew what a 6200 was, a 300, uh, 3500. And a two four hundred. What yeah. did you drive? I used to drive. Uh, well, the earlier buses that I used to drive were some of the twenty four hundreds, and they were nice because those were the new model buses, mm. the green and white ones. This is now. Well, we still had those very ugly brown looking ones, mm. and they were like driving um, because they had power steering. So they were like driving a Toyota Conquest at the time <laughs> because it was just smooth. You got one foot up. You got, everything was relaxed yeah. about it. Um, some of the older buses weren't very easy to drive because uh, my friend and I used to joke that the top speed is 67, but 68 downhill. <laughs> and so you get so tired on like the West Coast Road, for example, because the accelerator is like properly 1920s and it's mm. so old and so stiff. It works in your knees that you sometimes take the fire extinguisher and put it on there just to rest your leg a little bit because you know you're not going fast. You know you're not going very far. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It was always just the most fun. Um, picking up people, getting to meet people, getting to know your regular passengers, for example. Mm. I used to drive, and this is now after we had all these old buses and the fleet got overhauled by the MAN, so, so brand new buses at the Atlantis Depot. And when I take that first turn on my 7 o'clock city trip from Atlantis, I know that Jeanette, for example, who works at Bayside Mall, isn't there yet. Maybe she's overslept. So let's just wait one more minute, and you see you come running on, and she's like, hi, Robert, nice to see you. Thank you so much for waiting. And these were people you start building a relationship with. Yeah. You know more about them, you know, a little bit more about the kids, just from saying hello and clipping the clip card, and they tell you a little bit. And, and, and you start knowing who's getting up where and their life story and how you fit into that whole picture. So when I finished the day in 2003, they gave me a big farewell on the bus and presents and stuff and said, you know what, thank you, thank you, thank you for waking up every single day early and taking us to work. And it was always just such a pleasure for you. And they were right. It was such a big pleasure. I really, really, really enjoyed every single day of it. I think a lot of people um, uh, forget the, the, the value in life experience and especially that life experience involves other people and being around people and being within a community like you create a community on your on your bus routes do you think that um, that has made you that experience the three years on the on, on the bus has made you a better journalist absolutely absolutely you see we are in a journalism era 
where it's a lot more about telling people's stories from a personal perspective, that you can't be talking to people over their heads with big words and, and things like that, that you convey a personal experience so that other people can connect. And that's exactly, I think, what Golden Arab prepared me for. So seeing ordinary people and being an ordinary person every single day, knowing their circumstances, knowing their lifestyle, knowing what makes them tick, you're just able to connect on a, on a different level and being able to tell a very good story, almost in layman's terms, from a personal perspective. You can follow Robin Adams at Robin Adams ZA, TV sports presenter at TRT World, Istanbul, ex-Al Jazeera and ETV, proud South African, travel addict, 27 countries and counting, uh, father to Alyssa and Kendall and Jesse, three kids. Three kids, and the, the, they I were know. the they were the reason they were the reason that you that you actually went and and pursued journalism. No, absolutely. So they, they were they, they they are actually the tale of two career choices or two mm. stories. So they are part golden arrow, part journalism. I on my afternoon route, and this was in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Mm. I'm often in route in the afternoon from Cape Town, Golden Acre Terminus, um, via Montague Gardens to Marmory. There was a passenger on my bus who I, and I always say this was never love at first sight. It might have been love at third sight. Because I started noticing her in my mirror. She got, ah, oh, very sweet. Thank you, driver, every day. And I used to say, uh, please, not thank you, driver. My name is Robin. You can just say thank you, Robin. Anyways, <laughs> I started noticing her. And then started writing these little love notes. So I would uh, put it on a bit of sticky tape, keep it ready in my cabin. So when she gets on, I just stick it to the back of a clip card. Mm. And I would always watch in the mirror because now the clip card doesn't fit into a wallet, you see, because there's a little, little note there. stumbling block almost mm. at, the, at the back. So I would watch her and then I wait for the smile and I say, oh, she smiles, oh, she likes a little love note and stuff like that. Long story short, uh, we started dating and got married. So I married one of my passengers on the Marmory bus. And she gave me a beautiful daughter. And when I felt that the Golden Arrow experience, the dream that I always wanted, was enough that my priorities had changed now. And mm. I need to look after a daughter. I need to go back into journalism. I need to earn better money um, and stuff like that. That was um, the choice that I made. And, and that was where my career then took me back into journalism because now I needed to look after my daughter. Two more kids followed, two sons. Yeah. Um, but then I was already back in journalism, and we've been able to travel the world. We lived in um, in the Middle East for six years, moved back to Cape Town. Uh, the wife has since become the ex-wife. Uh, the kids are still my favorites of all time. I mean, everything I do is with them in mind, and I still work very, very hard for them. In fact, my daughter's in Istanbul at the moment having a holiday with me. And I saw my son last week because it was my son's birthday, the youngest one's birthday, and it was Father's Day. So I get to spend a lot of time with him, and I try to spend a lot of time with him. But they really are, for all intents and purposes, um, my gifts from two very different career paths. Mm. But... But coming from following your passions, I think there's I think there's a there's an absolute joy of 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 uh, following what it is you want to do, uh, your passion, your dream, what drives your heart's desire, yeah. and you don't realize. And, and, and you know, you know what the other thing is, Mark. Sorry, sorry no, to interject so rudely, but you're talking about following your passion. This normally makes other people passionate too. Mm, yes, when they see you I shine, you can do it. So can I. When they when they see you shine, and there's nothing more beautiful than seeing somebody 
doing what they do and enjoying it and actually smiling. You know, so often, uh, I'm not sure if it's, if it's, if it's a, a syndrome, a syndrome of today of, of like our modern age where you, you walk into a shop or you walk somewhere and you walk into a workplace and people, they are just not happy. You know, they are just not yeah, smiling and they look like they don't want to be there. You know what? It's actually not even, as you say, it's not even just seeing the faces. It is listening to the stories because mm. those are the people who complain the most about anything and everything. Oh, the coffee is terrible. Oh, the, oh I can't wake up. Can't. That is so depressing to see. And so when you say that you see other people shine and, and, and live their passion, hopefully that is contagious. Mm. Hopefully other people look at that and, and derive some energy from, from your story and, 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 and enjoy the space that they're in. You, I was, I was asking, I was asking my producer about this earlier. You're obviously a very smart guy. You're obviously a very smart guy. You obviously have a passion for buses, for being a bus driver. Did you not at any, and you, and you studied, uh, quite a good qualification. Did you not at any point consider just trying to move up the ranks in Golden Arrow, becoming management or overseeing and still being within the, the, the sort of transport bus industry? I did. And looking back, I'm actually happy that it didn't happen because I'd probably still be there and I would never have had the joys of um, experiencing radio and experiencing mm. television and reporting from massive tournaments all around the world. Mm. You know, when I was, because I was, I think, so good at the bus numbers and the shifts and stuff like that, everything just stuck in my brain. Like, I could remember, if you tell me now, duty 6067, I can tell you what the shift bus number is, who the guy on shift is, where his first trip is, when he books off, where the bus parks... I could tell you everything. And basically, that had set, set me up quite nicely for a job as a regulator. So mm. the regulator is in the Golden Acre Terminus, directs all the buses, monitors all the shifts. And let's say, for example, one of the buses break down. You know exactly where to move a replacement bus. Mm. So, for example, let's say I was doing the 3 o'clock retreat station or something, and I, and, and I knew then that my next trip would be a home trip at 7. Mm. So there's, there's a spillover between 5 and, and 7, for example. If the 4 o'clock freeway broke down, I could divert this bus without a knock-on effect on any other mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And what had happened was management were very hesitant to promote me because I was so young. Because I would then, as a 21-year-old, be giving orders to guys who had been there 20 years, yeah. years who are 60-odd. Yeah. You know, and, and so they held me back. They denied me that first promotion. The second promotion was the same job. And I basically said to management, listen, I'm not trying to sign cocky, but you know I'm the best for this job. Yeah. I know every single shift. I know every single time of every bus. And I know that I'm better than the other guy I'm shortlisted with. Mm. And they said, ah, oh, you know, sorry, you know, it's such a hard decision. We got to work. And they made me wait almost two weeks. Eventually, I just walked up to the manager's office and said, listen, this is obvious. You guys are stalling. You don't want to give me the job again because you, you're thinking I'm too young when you know I'm the best for the job. So I'm withdrawing from the race. Give it to that guy and let's see what happens. They yeah. gave it to that guy immediately. And I think even I heard afterwards that it was the biggest regret they had because he really struggled and eventually left and all of that. And by the time I left, there was one more promotion and I was told afterwards quite reliably that this was going to be my job. I just shouldn't have left at that time. This one was going to be depot manager. Mm. And you imagine 23-year-old then at the time being the depot manager 
which is higher than inspector, higher than regulator, higher than almost any of the people who've been there 50, 55 years. Um, but I just felt, listen, the time had come for me to move on. I'd lived the dream. I need to earn better money to look after my daughter. Um, but, yeah, looking back, I, I feel like if I had stayed and maybe I got the promotion and worked myself up the ranks, that I would never have experienced the joy now of, again, going to the big uh, golfing events, going mm. to the big tennis tournaments. I would never have experienced that. No, that's, it sounds like a great journey. And now, and now you've become one of those people on your bus, on your own journey. Oh, yes. And you know what? I still travel the bus quite mm. a lot because I travel the bus to PRC World. And every time I look in such amazement at these drivers thinking, ah, I wish you could give me a spin. I really miss it. I miss those golden arrow days. Even though my journey is a lot more different now, I do take my passengers with me, a couple of million, tens of millions of them, depending on what the mm. audience figures are. And I can take them on my journey that is sport on the TV. Exactly. And I can come close to the wheels rolling and the smell of that diesel and opening the doors and giving a friendly face and saying, hi, have a lovely day, clipping the clip card and letting them sit in there and taking them safely to their destination. On that note, Robin, thank you so much for taking some time to chat to us. What a wonderful story. And I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have been following your career as a journalist and will continue doing so. Absolutely appreciate you having me on your show. And I hope that by some measure I'm able to inspire even just one person to go and live their passion. Because it doesn't matter how trivial or how small or whatever it looks like to somebody else, to you it means the world. And you, you do you for you. Everything <laughs> else will follow. You do you, boo-boo. Robin.